Welcome to the Lee Matt Show. Please welcome this week's musical guest. It's Melanie C. of course by the wonderful Steve Brown. How are you Steve? Not great actually. I've uh, been having problems sleeping. I've been awake at night questioning what it's all about. I've been drinking quite a lot recently too. <laughs> the lovely Steve Brown! <laughs> Welcome to a brand new series of the Lee Matt Show and what great guests we've got for you this series. Six brilliant comedians. Well five. One of them's a bit crap. I won't say which one, that wouldn't be fair. And I don't want him going back to Australia and slagging me off. <laughs> We've also got six brilliant musical guests this series. Uh, we're hoping to get no less than Franz Ferdinand. Great band, Franz Ferdinand, and a great name as well. Named, of course, after the Archduke Franz Ferdinand, who was assassinated in 1914, which led to the First World War and the death of 15 million people, which in itself led to the Second World War and the death of a further 55 million people, including 6 million innocent Jews. Let's hear you. I say, don't you know? You say, you don't know. I say, take me out. Hey, come on, I'm trying to create an atmosphere up here. It'd be, it'd be great if we could get Robbie Williams as well, because I love Robbie Williams. I wish someone would tell Robbie Williams, though, that this doesn't constitute entertainment. <laughs> For those listening at home, I'm walking along looking like a smoked. You see, I love it when he comes on and says things like, Hey, come on, Glastonbury, you know this one. Yeah, yeah we know it, Robbie, but it was 150 quid to get in. Is there any chance you could sing it for us? <laughs> Imagine if I came on and said that and said, I'll tell you what, a funny thing happened to me on the way here tonight. I think you know this one. <laughs> so I'll tell you a bit about myself. Uh, I'm in a relationship at the moment. Sorry, girls. <laughs> it's going to have to be your place. <laughs> and, uh, and she's going, it's going very well at the moment. Uh, my wife's carrying our first child. He's eight, the lazy little sod. But, uh, <laughs> actually, that's not true. Uh, she's actually had the baby. In fact, she's had another one since then, but I'm not dropping that joke. It's brilliant. <laughs> The second one we had was, uh, was a water birth. Uh, I was actually present at, at the birth. I actually got in the water, believe it or not. Uh, not for long. I was chucked out for uh, bombing, heavy petting. You know. <laughs> but, um... 
We had, we had lots of rows about the whole baby thing because, uh, you know, I, I wanted to have a baby for about five years, but she wants to keep it forever. <laughs> and, um, I was so pleased when we had the baby. True story this. I got told by the doctor, right, that I was infertile and that I couldn't have children. Yeah. Three weeks after he told me that, my wife was pregnant. <laughs> Who's the daddy? <laughs> It's time to meet our regular guest. Her first name is Angela, from the Latin for angel. And her surname's McHale, from the Scottish for taxi! <laughs> Please welcome Angela McHale! So, Angela, what have you been up to this week? I went for an audition for a new West End play called Rumours, which is directed by a big, famous Norwegian director called Hans Fleming. And after a very nervous recall, guess what? I actually got the part. So rehearsals start next Thursday. And uh, what do you think of the Titanic sketch I've written this week? You didn't listen to what I just said, did you? Yeah. What did I just say, then? Rehearsals start Thursday. Listening... <laughs> Listening means being interested in what I'm telling you and asking me about it, not just repeating the last three words. I know. You know what? <laughs> last three words. So what am I rehearsing for on Thursday? So you don't forget your lines. <laughs> Come on. Norway. I'm rehearsing for Norway. You're going on holiday to Norway and you're rehearsing so you don't get any questions wrong at check-in. Rehearsing for check-in? Yeah. You know, like when they say, did you pack these bags yourself? You don't accidentally say, oh yeah, I did it on my own. No one else wanted to be involved. Do you know what your problem is? At least I've stopped injecting it. You're self-obsessed. You never pay any attention to what's happening around you. That's not true, Andrea. Angela. Angela. You don't notice anything. I do. You've had a haircut. No, I haven't. Well, not lately. I just want a little respect. You've got to start showing some interest in other people. Yeah, all right, let's just introduce the first guest. All the way from Scotland. Ireland. Oh, yes. It's Andrew Maxwell. <laughs> How are you folks? You okay? Yeah. Who here is from London? Yeah. Who here is not from London? Yeah. <laughs> London shit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah! They call me the crowd pleaser! <laughs> oh, I'm not a bright man, but I know how to play the averages. <laughs> I've lived in London a long time. I think the last time I cared about anything at all was when a tourist stood on the wrong side of the escalator. <sighs> the rage you feel <laughs> is so disproportionate to the crime. <laughs> Are you hard to say that? <laughs> Jürgen from Austria. 
I'm sorry, I just thought it was a convenient place to put my cello. <laughs> it's a classist place, London. Very classist. I've lived in crap parts of London. I've lived in Archway. Uh, <laughs> I've lived in posh parts of London. I've lived in Highgate Village. Now, both, for those around the country, you don't know what the, what the story is with those two places. They're a quarter of a mile away from each other. Nothing at all in distance. Just a hill, one end of the hill, either end of it. Uh, but, you know, the way you're treated is totally different, right? If you've never been to Archway, Archway is full of cockney scumbags, Irish knackers, and the old Greek thrown in for glamour. <laughs> Ooh, and what glamour? <laughs> you're walking around with your willy hanging out, sick all over you, telling everybody you're Hitler in Archway. They will section you. They will take you in a van and they will take you away, never to be seen again. You're walking around Highgate Village with your willy hanging out, sick all over you, telling everybody you're Hitler. You're a writer. <laughs> if everything goes well, the upper class take the credit. Anything goes wrong, it's the cockney man's fault. Right? If you're, if, I'll give you an example of this. You're on a tube. Everything runs smoothly on your journey into the West End. As you get into Leicester Square, out of nowhere, this posh voice goes, Welcome to Leicester Square. You think to yourself, I don't remember you working down here at Little Lord Fauntleroy. <laughs> you get stuck in a tunnel for half an hour, and there's no oxygen. And a fat man passes out on your lap. <laughs> That's when they get the poor working class cockney driver who cannot string two words together to pick up the pieces. You're panicking, sweating in the darkness. Next thing it's... Uh, hello? <laughs> hello? <laughs> Sorry about delay. Nobody tells me nothing. <laughs> It's a delight to be here. I'll be later on uh, performing in the latest play, What Lee Wrote. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Andrew Maxwell. Thank you. Little Andrew Maxwell snarling away like Frank Carson's Jack Russell. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to meet our musical guest, Mel C. I don't want to go to Mel C. Can I just say what an honour it is to meet my third favourite sea in the whole world? Only third? Well, I'm a big fan of the vitamin and the Adriatic. <laughs> now, Mel, tell me, does this newspaper ad sound familiar? Are you 18 to 23 with the ability to sing and dance? Are you streetwise, ambitious, outgoing and determined? Yeah, that was the advert in the stage. The one that made me join the Spice Girls. Hang on, I haven't finished yet. Are you fun and fruity, looking for love, total discretion, must be into leather? <laughs> Never heard of it. Oh, come on, Mel. I think we all know who put that ad out. Don't worry, mum's the word. It wasn't me. I know, it was my mum. <laughs> so, Mel, scary, sporty, baby, grumpy, sneezy. <laughs> what was it like being one sixth of the most famous band of recent times? A fifth. There were five Spice Girls. I'm counting Jerry as two. <laughs> That's a bit unfair. That's true. She did lose a lot of weight. <laughs> Is that what the song Two Become One was about? No. Actually thinking about it, Victoria was only half, so technically <laughs> you were actually two ninth of the Spice Girls. Can we talk about something other than the Spice Girls? Sure. 
You've had a fantastic solo career. You've had three extremely successful albums, Northern Star, Reason, Beautiful Intentions. That's right. But tell me this, how did you get the name Sporty Spice? <laughs> because I was a bit sporty and I was in the Spice Girls. Brilliant. You heard it here first. <laughs> and let's see if you live up to your name. Who won the Grand National in 1867? I have no idea. All right. The highest average pre-war wicket take in county cricket as verified by the Cricketers' Almanac 1948. I just like to do a bit of running, really. That's a shame. When Jerry Halliwell was on the show, she got all of hers right. What flavour of gingerbread men? <laughs> What's the missing word? McVitie's something nuts. <laughs> what colour is Chris Evans's hair? Actually, on that one, she said ginger upstairs, black downstairs. I don't know how she knew that, but... Uh... <laughs> Have you ever thought of getting help? Hey, there's nothing wrong with my head, love. I meant writers. <laughs> right, that is it. No more Spice Girls questions. Okay, no more. Can we talk about tattoos? Yeah. I see you've got the old barbed wire around the top of the arm. Are you worried that someone's going to try and steal your armpit? <laughs> it's not barbed wire, it's a Celtic band. I've also got a couple of Chinese characters on my right shoulder. Oh, don't worry about that. I once had a Ukrainian living in my greenhouse for two weeks. <laughs> I'll soon get bored. I've got one on my stomach too. A tattoo, that is, not a Chinaman. Oh. oh, yeah, so you have. Who's Angela? It says Angel. That's my belly button. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you going to have any more done? No, I think that's it now. What about Delight, just below Angel? Angel Delight? Why would one Angel Delight on my stomach? I don't know. I once went out with a girl who always had sugar puffs around her mouth. <laughs> that should look like the honey monster. <laughs> Talking of looks, right, during the Spice Girls, you were famous for your ponytail, your tracksuits and your football tops. Nowadays, when you see chavs and asbos hanging around the streets, do you ever think, that was ahead of me time? <laughs> Do you really, really want to know why I'm called Sporty Spice? Why? Because I'm very good at boxing. <laughs> Just one more question before we do the Titanic sketch. Is Baby Spice walking yet? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Melanie C! The Titanic. Fastest and biggest in the world. And unsinkable, they said. It's funny, I forget some things, and some say I'm losing my marbles, but I remember everything from that journey like it was yesterday. It was 1912. We left Uzbekistan, headed for the moon. Or something like that. But what I'll never forget is that first moment I met Jack. I think I've wet myself again. We made it. We're on the Titanic and I'm king of the world. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Can't both be king of the world. Can I be your queen? Let's not go through that again. <laughs> wow, look at that girl. She looks nice. Forget it. You've got no chance. She's a different class to you. Now let's go below decks and we'll find you a nice dirty leper. <laughs> Hang on, she's coming over. What should I say to her? Just be yourself. Hello there. Hello, are you an electrician? Actually, be somebody else. Shut up. 
It's my chat-up line. Always works. Why do you think I'm an electrician? Because when you came towards me, you gave off a certain spark that sent currents racing through my body. Very good. Tell me this. Are you a fishmonger? Why? Because you stink. <laughs> hey, listen, Miss Heidi, tidy potatoes pants. That's the smell of hard work. That is the smell of the proletariat. It's actually high karate. <laughs> I was going to say Old Spice, but I didn't want to get punched again. <laughs> so, uh, do you come here often? Uh, this is the maiden voice. Shut up. <laughs> I'm Jack. I'm Rose. So, what do you do for a living, Jack? I'm a painter. Maybe you'd like to paint me sometime. Well, I meant as in painter and decorator, but... <laughs> If you want to pop downstairs, I'm happy to give you a quote. <sighs> Obviously, I'll have to have some masking tape over your glasses for a couple of days. But, um, actually, not just over your glasses. When you say that... Vagina! <laughs> well, some people didn't get it. Some people didn't get it. You have to help people along. You have to help them along, don't you? Ev include everyone, that's what I say. Oh, here comes my mother. All right, mate, how's it going? All right, darling. Sorry, Mel, why are you speaking like that? It says on the script, posh accent. That's not posh. That's how Victoria speaks. <laughs> Sorry, Mel, but that's a bit rude. <laughs> now, just stick with the script. <laughs> just do a posh scouser. I hope you realise my girl's marrying this dead, rich bloke, like, and I don't want your grubby hands rubbing her up and down, you pervert. I'll tell you what, I'm glad I didn't say rough scouser. Mother, this is Jack and, uh, Paddy or Mick, something like that. Why don't you just go, go the whole hog and call me Jimmy Cricket? Have you told these two lowlives that you're engaged? Uh, actually, I may have sort of forgotten to mention that. Sorry, Jack. Sorry, Jimmy Cricket. <laughs> Who the hell is this? How dare you talk to my fiancé, you lowlife piece of scum? Hey, don't talk to your mother-in-law like that. <laughs> have you any idea who I am? Roland! What? Uh, what says on your keyboard? <laughs> I'm Caledon Hockley. And where I'm from, money talks. Here's 20 pounds. I don't want to see you talking to Rose again. I'm not interested in your money. 50. It was nice meeting you, love. <laughs> Rose, your arm. Thanks. I've been looking for that. I'll tell you what, with one arm, that scene at the front of the boat when you're saying I can fly is going to look strange. It's going to look like you want to turn left. Purser, have my fiancé dusted for fleas. And have these ruffians arrested and chained up. Listen, mate, I may not have your money or your lifestyle. Or his clothes. Yeah, or your clothes. Or his looks. Yeah, all right, I'll deal with this, thank you. <laughs> so what have you got, then? I've got things. Yes? Like what? Uh... Iceberg! Yes, thank you. I've got my own lettuce. <laughs> Join us later for part two. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Melanie C. Yeah. 
A true story. This is a true story. I don't usually tell true stories in my app, but I swear to God this happened right. I got a phone call the other day, um, and this woman rang, and I picked up the phone, and she went, oh, hello Dave, it's Marjorie. I said, I'm not Dave, I'm Lee. I think you got the wrong number. She went, oh. Well, what number is that? I said, 028-692-1263. She went, well, that's the number I want. I went, oh, well, my mistake. <laughs> I must be Dave. <laughs> How have you been, Marjorie? <laughs> and I swear to God, she failed to see the sarcasm and actually said, I thought it was you, Dave. <laughs> Meanwhile, back on the Titanic. Hello, Mum. Having a lovely time on the Titanic. We're currently handcuffed to a radiator. Water is flooding into the room. 
and the boat appears to be sinking. Not my problem, son. I've got a lifeboat to catch. Yep, see you, Mum. Thanks for that. <laughs> well, little Jimmy Cricket. Don't start. Jack! Rose, you came back for me. Of course I did. I knew you'd have done the same for me. Yeah, of course I would. <laughs> uh, use the axe to cut our handcuffs. Hang on, I'm not sure about that. It'll be fine. Papa taught me how to use an axe. I used to hold logs for him whilst he chopped them. Yeah, about this one arm thing. Here goes. Well, there goes my cufflinks. Here goes my signet ring. Whoa, that was close. I didn't know you had that pierced. Let's go. We'll make this, even if we have to swim. I can't help thinking you'll be going round in circles, love, but I like your attitude. <laughs> Come on, I know a shortcut to the deck. Rose, squeeze through this porthole. What do you mean, squeeze? Nothing, I'm just saying. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. It's water retention. Water retention? Perfect. Maybe we can use her to plug the hole in the boat. Just hurry up, the pair of you. Mother, Carl. At last, get on the lifeboat, Rose. Yes, but not your friends, I'm afraid. It's upper-class passengers only. In that case, I'm not coming. I'm staying here with Jack. Does that mean there's a spare seat? No, it doesn't, Jack. No, no, of course not, no. There's something I need to tell you. Since agreeing to marry you, I've been very low-cal. Low-cal? You could have fooled me the way you got stuck in that porthole. But now Jack's offered me his hand, I feel complete. Yeah, but now I'm one short. Fine! Stay here! Drown like a dog! Do you think I care? I think the stay here, drown like a dog bit's a clue, isn't it? I'm not leaving without her. Just go, Mother. Can I come too? Sorry, women and children only. I've never been so insulted in all my life. <laughs> Sorry, madam. On you get. Cut the ropes! Jack, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Maybe. What are you thinking? I'm thinking I'd rather we both died together than both lived apart. Oh. I was wondering, if my life depended on it, could I breathe someone's fart underwater? <laughs> Look! There's an old bit of wood in the water. It might take our weight. What do you mean, might? You do think I'm fat, don't you? I don't think you're fat. Now, can we just jump? Okay, you first. Here goes. We drifted on that old piece of wood for two hours. There were people all around us panicking. Iceberg! Don't worry, she's with me. <laughs> there wasn't enough room for both of us on that old bit of wood. But Jack's love for me was so strong. And he was such a gentleman. It's my turn, you fat cow. Don't make me punch you. <laughs> Eventually, Jack's eyes closed. I'll say it closed. It was freezing. Jack's eyes? <laughs> but I promised him there and then I'd never let go. But then it dawned on me that I'd be dragging a dead frozen corpse around for the rest of my life like a giant lollipop and I thought, sod that. <laughs> so I decided to let go. And Jack just slipped away. But I'll never forget his final words. 
He just looked up at me and said, I'm not even dead yet, you selfish. Look, 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 Show with Lee Mack, Andrew Maxwell, and Angela McHale, with music from Steve Brown, Mark Alice, Kevin Powell, Paul Grendler, Greg Hatwell, and this week's special musical guest, Melanie Steve. It was written by Lee Mack, Paul Carenza, and Simon Evans, and produced by Will Saunders.